Where does our thanks take us? Let's pray. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, speak to our hearts. Challenge us, O oh God, to move from where we are because we want to be closer to Jesus this day at the end of the day than we were at the beginning. For God, when we come to the end of our lives, we want to be able to say, just give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just got to get myself together for a moment. That, that last verse that she was just singing, Spirit just moved on my heart. And I just got filled up.
to worship of himself. Suppose for a moment that you were out in the metro parks and you, you got close to the edge of the cliff and you were looking over at something and, 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 and you were like, wow! And you turned to go, but in your turning, you slipped. And you started to go off that cliff. And just as you were going down, you reached out and you grabbed this branch that was just low enough for you to catch it and to stop from going down. What words are coming out of your mouth right now? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. You are grateful that you have someone to thank for. But suppose you were an atheist or an agnostic. Who would you offer thanks to? You see, it's a blessing to be able to say thanks to God. What 
You know, if we are not truly thankful for what God has done, it can lead us to a sense of false worship of our God. The worship becomes all about us and how we feel and what we are willing to offer to God. Sometimes we are tempted to offer God a worship that is not much different than a child throwing a bone to a dog and expecting the dog to just be happy. When it comes to worship, worship is not a place that we go to. It's not a description of a service. Worship involves taking our minds off of ourselves and focusing in on God and who God is and on what God has done. You see, worship is something only you can do for yourself. Anybody here ever needed to take a shower? You know, if you pay somebody a thousand dollars to go in and take a shower for you, do you realize you still need a shower? Nobody can worship God for you but you. And it's a simple choice. We either do it or not. Each Sunday service, we make a deliberate choice of whether we're going to surrender our hearts to God and worship during the service or whether we're not. Sometimes we are tempted to worship God in our, in our own little way and we say, God, you either take it or leave it. And God leaves it. In our Old Testament reading today, we saw God had given his people very specific instructions, especially to the priests. He said, now, when you offer incense to me, it is to be made up of this fragrance and this fragrance and this fragrance. He even tells them how to measure it out. And he says, and nobody else who is to make this kind of incense, it's only supposed to be reserved for me. Now Moses had a brother by the name of Aaron. Aaron was a priest, and his sons were priests. And two of his sons, Nadab and Abihu, they knew what God required, but for some reason they got together and they said, let's, let, let's come up with our own formula for worship. Let's come up with our own incense. We don't need to listen to what the rules are. So instead of their worship being worship, it turned into an issue of pride. We know better than everybody else. We can get close to God on our own. And so what they did was they, they got their incense and they got their stuff and they went up to approach the throne of God with it, to offer it to God. How I many you know God knows what we got in our hands? Yeah, it's just 
insisted on doing things their own way. You see, my friends, when we no longer honor and respect God in the way that we should, it's not long before we start dishonoring and disrespecting one another. Because what makes us unique as human beings is the fact that we are created in the image of God. And because we are created in the image of God, we don't have the right to shoot and kill one another like we see happening around us day in and day out. When we lose this sense of the awesomeness and the awe of God, we start thinking we are in charge. When our worship is truly God-centered, it produces a change in our character because we know that we are going to have to give an accounting for what we have done. Uh, were any of you like me when mom used to go to work on Saturday? She'd say, now when I get back from work at 12 o'clock, I want this house cleaned up. And we watched cartoons right up to 1130. <laughs> 11.30 you started cleaning left and right. Wow! Because you knew a day of reckoning was about to come. Now friends, I want us to know we all got a day of reckoning that's coming with Jesus Christ. And he's going to want to know what it is we've been doing. And he already knows what it is we've been doing. So he is going to give us the opportunity to come clean. What do you think is one of the easiest commandments in the Bible to keep? None of you from the first service can answer. Easiest commandment in the Bible to keep. One of the easiest commandments in the Bible to keep is found in Psalm 100. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Is there anybody here who knows how to make a joyful noise? Alright. We're going to see if we can keep this commandment. On the count of three, we're going to obey God and make a joyful noise. One. Two, three. Church. And I don't 
but she couldn't predict the future anymore. Her owners did not like this. They had Paul and Silas arrested. They had them beaten. I mean, beaten, beaten. Thrown into prison, way into the back of the prison. And there they are. And the scriptures tell us that Paul and Silas around midnight. Paul says to Silas, Hey Silas, you, you, you remember that song we sang about three weeks ago? Silas is uh, you talking about the one after? Yeah, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. Uh, you think you can leave us off in it? Silas is like, yeah, Paul, like, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad, but how God just delivered that little girl and her getting saved and everything. And they start singing a song. Twelve o'clock midnight. Now don't you know if they were singing at twelve o'clock midnight in prison, somebody yelled down the hall, Who that keep all that noise down there? Shut up! <laughs> Until they kept on singing and all of a sudden there was an earthquake. And this wasn't just a ordinary earthquake. This was a liberating earthquake. And all of a sudden, everybody's chains started falling off. And I can imagine that guy who said, shut up like that, who said, shut And all the doors opened. Because two believers were willing to worship God in a very, very bad situation. Everybody in prison changed, fell off. And the next thing they know, they got somebody wrapping them up with bandages and sitting them down at the table to eat and taking care of them. All because they chose to worship God. Their thankfulness for what God had done, even though they had taken a beat, led them to worship and to praise. True worship will always take us above our circumstances. You know, one of the things that will rob us of what God wants to do is when we complain. Complain robs us of being grateful and showing gratitude. Psalm 100 went on to say, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, sometimes we wake up hoping that this is going to be a good day for us. If everything go all right, we're going to be happy. And if the day starts out and things not looking good, we say, oh, I must have got up on the wrong side of the bed. How many of you know, if you got up on the wrong side of the bed, that's still a blessing. And there are some folks that get up out of the bed at all. And some of them won't be getting up again at all. So even when you think things are down, there is something to be grateful for. Sometimes you just need to see what it is. Be thankful. God has given you life. He didn't have to do it. But again, I thank God I got so many things to be thankful for. God has blessed me with an absolutely wonderful wife. 
know, sometimes we are praying for deliverance from things. We've got bondages in our lives. we got problems. We're saying, God, why don't you do something? And God is saying, why don't you worship and see what I will do? You know, it, it's so interesting that a lot of times when the children of Israel went out to fight battles, God would put singers and praise dancers and trumpets in front of the troops. Now, to me, I sing a little backwards. Especially if you're a singer or a trumpet player. But God put them out front so that they were proclaiming, here comes God. Here comes the power of God. When we are worshiping God, focusing on God, we are unleashing God's power to work in our lives in a way we've never thought possible. My friends, we have to know how to worship God when the times are good and when the times are bad. Because God says in Isaiah, I send both of them. But I will be with you in the boat. When you walk through the waters, when you go through the fires, he's going to be there. Pastor <laughs> me, where does your faith lead?